Uh, welcome to Christian Life Fellowship again, and uh, it's good to be here to to um, speak to you about God's Word and and what He's doing. So let's just uh, just stop everything for a minute and um, just uh, allow me to lead us into a prayer. And if you please uh, just join with me, please, in your spirits, Father. We pray that your name would be honored and glorified and lifted up. And all these things that we'll discuss this morning, that this is our main prime focus. Lord, that we would learn how to be better disciples and and to learn to feed off of you and to to find our refuge and our strength in you. This we ask in the name of Jesus and through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, good morning. As you can see, I have put the picture up there. It's um, about prayer. Now, I thought that the, the idea was going to be that maybe we could... Um, I could encourage you somehow to seek a little bit more into this area of prayer. I, th I feel like it's something that, um, look, I don't want to, I feel like it had give, been given a bad name over the past, um, say, 50, 100 years or so. Prayer became more of a religious thing. We have a lot of religions that pray. They're very ceremonial prayers. Um, but God is in the... God is in the business of answering prayers, and God has always been in the business of answering prayers. And if you read through the Bible a lot, then you'll find that there's numerous uh, occasions that um, are uh, laid out for us where God has responded to people's prayers and met them, met them uh, where, where they were praying from. So they were praying about an issue or something. God responded. But this is important because what happens when uh, I was given a testimony? See, I, this is, let's back this up here. So this is who we are. Okay, I believe that there is a God and there is a God. I believe that I'm a man. And this is the whole world on the earth. And God wanted to have a relationship with me. So Jesus came and interjected himself and gave himself for humanity so that I could have a relationship with God. Because otherwise it's impossible for mankind to approach the presence of God. According to the word of God, it's impossible because he's a God of light. So he longed for this relationship. But then when I believe that God sent Jesus, he died for my sins. He was resurrected from the dead. God lifted him up through the power of his spirit. And then... I believe that, then the Holy Spirit comes and covers me and shadows me, but now I want to talk to God. And now that is what prayer is. Prayer is that part there. It's basically talking to God. And we see this, uh, when we talk to God, something happens here in our relationship. Can I have the other slide, please? And oh, yeah, Martin Luther, you guys all know him. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. So that's really kind of sums it up. And what it is, it's, it's um, the next slide shows that it's really talking to God and grow and strengthening, growing and strengthening your relationship with God. That's the one of the key things. Of prayer and what it's really about having a passion for God's presence 
So we don't just pray because we're all in trouble or whatever, but it's more like um, we have to have this passion to say, you are my father, you're my creator, you're my God who longed to have a relationship with me. I love you and I want to have a relationship with you and I'm passionate about your presence and who you are. So there's a lot of examples in the Bible and the prayers can be a lot of different things. For example, it can be about what I want. For we know like uh, in the book of First um, Samuel 1, chapter 1 and 2, Hannah prayed about something she wanted. She wanted a child and she prayed about that. So prayer is about what you want. In the book of um, 1 Kings, 18 to 20, um, uh, verse 20 to 40, I should say, chapter 18, Elijah, and we talked about this before, he prayed a certain type of prayer that God would show himself strong and prove himself to the children of Israel that day and to the 800 prophets of Baal. So had Hannah prayed about something she wanted, Elijah prayed about something that was asking God to reveal himself and the third one that I had, another one, is the personal one that David prayed after he committed his, um, his issues and, and sins with Bathsheba, that he prayed in Psalm 51 for forgiveness so we can pray about issues. So we can pray about our wants, we can pray to ask God to reveal himself like Elijah did, and we can pray about our own personal issues, our forgiveness that we need um, Basically, anything you want to. But prayer unlocks doors. So prayer is the key to unlocking all doors. That's what we come to this realization. Because the word and the, basically God does not respond to anything in man's life other apart from answers to prayers. He doesn't stick his fingers in your life unless you ask him to. The reason I'm telling you this, there's a reason. Okay, so what happens? Uh, God says to me that one morning, uh, some time ago, that my knees are too soft. <laughs> he said to me, I woke up and I felt it. He said, your knees, I've been looking at you. And just, you know, taking a look at you and your leadership and what you're thinking and what you're going to be and who you are and everything. But I noticed something about you, Ben. Your knees are too soft. And boy, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I started thinking, how soft is our knees nowadays? And I, and I started thinking about the camel story. Have you seen the camel's knee? The camel's knee, okay? There's actually one of, one of um, the... The um, disciples, James. It's a story that says that he prayed so much for the church that his knees were like the knees of a camel. And there's only one way that a knee can get like that. And that's by being on them a lot. You cannot get camel's knees if you're never praying on your knees. Now, I'm not saying that you should be praying on your knees or you should be lifting your hands or any of that stuff because I don't even really go there. Posturing and position is all important, but then that's a whole Bible lesson in itself. The whole point is, is that you can start praying if you feel like your knees are a little too soft. You start praying about anything. So I started thinking to myself, okay, Father, I heard you. 
I heard what you said. Now I want to start praying about things. So then I started thinking, how am I going to make prayer uncomplicated because I want to do a little bit more of it? Or I should say, in my case, I need to do a lot more of it. So I ended up thinking, how am I going to make prayer the uh, uncomplicated way? Right? Now, if we can um, go to the next slide, please, Kim. Just wanted to begin here with Matthew 6, 5 through 8. Okay, so when you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And when you pray... Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Don't be like them. So, the question is, When's the last time you went in your closet and prayed and just did it privately? Now, I don't believe that this church has a big problem with showing off too much. But we are never, ever supposed to be showing off when it comes to praying. Except, in my opinion, this little slide here can show us what the things that we can show off. What can a Christian show off in? We can show off God's love. We can show off God's mercy. We can show off God's truth, God's power, God's patience, and God's peace. And I thought that was pretty good because, after all, we are only human, aren't we? We really like to, you know, we have, have to have some kind of thing when someone comes up to me and says, what are you doing? Who are you? What are you doing that for? It's like, well, I'm not trying to be anything other than a disciple of Jesus, but I want to tell you something that God's been doing in my life. I want to tell you about his mercy. I want to tell you about his peace. So this is what a Christian can show off. The other thing is a a prayer does not need to be long or complicated. Now, where I got that from, there's three issues. Can you go to the next one, please, Kim? There's three issues where three men in the Bible, prayed like this, putting oneself in the hands of God. The first one is in the book of Acts, is Stephen, that I'll bring up. And the last thing that it says, the word says, and Stephen prayed, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And Jesus prayed on the cross, into thy hands I commit my spirit. David prayed, In Psalm 31, verse 5, into into thy hands I entrust my spirit. One of the most liberating personal type of prayers is, Lord, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Because what happens, you see, your flesh is doomed. We're going to the grave. That's what the word says. No matter what, I don't want to be morbid here, but... When you give your spirit to God, 
when Jesus Christ enters your life and you are a new creation and your spirit is alive and, and you are lifted up to a new life and you commit that spirit to God, Lord, into thy hands I commit my spirit. You're releasing quite a bit of yourself to the Lord. Because all of a sudden the Lord says, well, thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. And I'm going to, you know, that's his main focus is, is the spirit because Jesus taught us God is a spirit and God looks for those that worship him in spirit and truth. So that's why we can kind of say, look, it doesn't really matter what kind of shoes you're wearing or what kind of pants you're wearing or anything like that. It's all about the spirit and God's interested in that. Into thy hands I commit thy spirit, my spirit. <clears throat> now, those are all what we talked about up to now are all prayers about ourself. Right? So let's say we all ended up um, understanding the Lord, coming to the knowledge of him, understanding where we stand, where, that we're sons and daughters of the Lord God Almighty. We're pretty good in our country here. We don't have a lot of problems. We have a lot of first world problems. But compared to the rest of the world, we're doing pretty well. And I found that once I covered myself, I found that there was something that was missing. I thought, okay, why do I feel like that there's something else? What else is there? You know, I'm pray I prayed for myself. I, I've told you my once. I, I've told you to ask you to show yourself strong in my life. I ask you for forgiveness for my sins. Me, 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 me. Right? This is okay up to a point. But once you become a mature Christian in your life and you get past that, the best thing you can do is this. Pray for others. Now, praying for others is a really, really liberating thing to do as a Christian. Because... What you have to do, you have to learn to fight against yourself, which isn't that easy. Because normally when we're, we're trained, we, we come to God, we go, here, God, I'm here. It's me. I'm here. I'm here. Blah, 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 blah. You know, just it's all me, 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 me. But then when I say, God, not today. I do not want to pray about myself today, but I just want to pray about this or these people or like pick something because God's so big. So what you can do, you don't have to worry that, um, oh, well, like, for example, let's take it like this. Father, today I'm going to pray for every single man in the world that has a beard. Because <laughs> you know every one of them. Right? Or maybe today I'm going to pray for, Lord, I just reach out for every single tall woman in the world. <laughs> or every single vertically challenged woman or whatever. I mean, you can think of things. God is so big. Or you can even talk to him about the currents of the ocean. You know, give him glory. That's what the Bible says. He made the heaven and the earth. So let's see what happens in the, in the word of God teaches us about this. In Ephesians 3, 14 to 20. The apostle Paul says, And when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. The creator of everything in heaven and earth. So when you're praying, you have to make sure that you have that mindset and that understanding in your heart that God is extremely large, extremely big and powerful, and you do not need to limit him in what you're communicating about because you have this relationship with him. 
I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. He's not a God way out there. He's not a God way out there. He is. He's everywhere. He fills the whole universe. But it says right there that he's making this a personal thing with you. Because the power that he has is, is right there, inner strength, inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. Rooted and grounded in love. Perfect love casts out fear. The more love that comes in, it pushes things that are fearful. It pushes them right out. If it doesn't agree with the love, then the fear goes. It has to go. The word says, and, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. That is a lot there. That's a mouthful and a half because, boy, if you get that, you are on your way. You can forget about praying for yourself and pray for others the rest of your life. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Experience and understanding, two different things. Experience always trumps understanding. You can understand whatever you want to understand, but if you don't have the experience, you're not going to get the whole big picture of it all. And that's why we pray. We think, Lord, this is about these people. Like, okay, let's do a prayer for this man I met um, a week and a half ago. I was, well, I met him a long time ago, years ago, but I just encountered him, and I was like, uh, he said to me, tell me a bit about yourself, like in, in paraphrasing, a bit about yourself and who you are. What is this Christian stuff? And I said, well, I gave him the gospel, exactly like we talked about at the beginning of the service. Then, then the only thing I could pray is, Lord, God, show him who you are. That was it. I can't do any more. When you give the gospel and you talk about the Lord God Almighty, you, at that point, then, then you got to say, now it's your turn, Father. And he's telling me that he loves scuba diving. So I'm going, oh, great. It's beautiful. He goes, yeah, it's a totally different world there. And all I prayed was, Lord God, please show him who you are when he's down in that ocean, experiencing that world down there and what it is. Just speak to him. Okay, so that's the hope because salvation could only be a prayer away. Maybe my prayer, maybe his prayer. But, but being saved is only a prayer away from everything. Boy, imagine if he said, yep. And once I asked him, I said, do you believe? And I said, if you believe, because I didn't want, because he's, you know, you don't want to take it too far with some people because you have, it's a long time relationship. I said, but if you make that choice to believe in Jesus Christ, you be sure that if you make a commitment to God, you mean it seriously. That's the only advice I gave him. Other than that, it's total dependence on God showing himself for who he is. So this here tells us here, <clears throat> then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Life and power come from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power, again, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely, 
which is limitlessly, more than we ask or think. So your prayers are, <laughs> I mean, really, let's think about this. I'm going, Lord, please do this. And he's going, thank you for asking, because I had that in mind, and I have several other things in mind, and I know what I'm doing with that person. And thank you very much for joining me and partnering with me in order to get that relationship that I desire so much with that person on the right track. So this is how the thinking is when we're dealing with people that don't really know the Lord. Because God can do, and even with your own life, God can do far more above anything you ask or think. It says right there. Sometimes, sometimes I can't feel it though. Sometimes I don't know what I'm thinking. Like this slide here that we see here, this one says that God, I can only do, what, I can only tell you what's in my heart. Can you just please, please go into my heart? It's okay. Because heartfelt prayers are totally acceptable. Heartfelt prayers. It doesn't mean I have to speak. God's not a man that he needs to hear dialogue to understand. God understands the heart. And the Bible actually teaches us that he's more interested and examines more than your mind, your heart, and what you're on about, who you are. And this happens a lot in my life personally because in my everyday cares. So if I have an issue in my, say, my family life, I can't really go and articulate the whole big picture to God about what's happening, who's doing what, how come that happened, the implications of all that. I don't need to go through all that. I need to say, God, this heart of stone, please, it needs to be a heart of flesh. Take a look at it. See where I'm at. See where my longing is. See where my desire is. Heartfelt prayers are totally acceptable. I can't say it in words. Can you please just listen to my heart? God accepts those prayers. Again, it's a personal one. And that could be for yourself personally. Because sometimes, let's face it, life is a little tough sometimes and we can't sort it out in the mind. But we can feel and we can believe, we can trust. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7... When we have these issues of, of life, I call them life issues, they become a little bit unsettling, and then the world turns around and says, how am I ever going to find any peace in this life? I have this many problems. They're doing that. This is happening to me with my marriage. This is, it's just a list of things that people in the world have a problem with, and they're going, how, when am I ever going to find any peace? And the key is here. This is the key. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So if I ask you what brings peace in the world, what are you gonna what are you gonna do in order to 
conquer your anxiety about the issues of life. Well, what am I going to do for work? How am I going to make it there? Blah, 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 blah. They just go on and on and on and on. There's 10,000 things that you have to do in one week. The key is pray about it all. Lord God, I committed my hands into your spirit, my life. Take it. I need you to be yourself. I need you to show yourself strong in my life. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds as you grow and live in Christ Jesus. There's two things up there. The first one says, pray about everything. And then the second part of it, we don't want to overlook that, that we tell God what we need. And we thank him for all he has done. As you're living a Christian life and you're spending years and going by and time's going by more and more, you'll find that the answered prayers could be little, they could be big, they could come quickly, they could come short, um, like five years later. I've had God answer prayers five years later. And I said, oh, I forgot about that. He goes, I didn't. <laughs> so we go like this, right? Everything's quick. God's like, hmm, hang on a sec. I had that. Five years later, I got an answer. Because he doesn't forget. It's not like your, your words just go up and they're gone. God hears it. He takes it in. He absorbs it. He's interested, and the Bible says in Psalms, it says, and the Lord is interested in every detail of your life. That's amazing. A big God. Big God. And I'm now starting to get excited because... I realize that God's so awesome and wonderful and big that he, it doesn't matter if I'm praying for myself or I'm praying for others or I'm just giving him glory for his creation. He's big enough to handle the whole lot of it. He takes it all. And he sorts it out. I don't need to put him in a box and say that, oh, can you do this today and that today and maybe tomorrow you can think this way. That's not it. It's just an all, all unbiased Praise and adoration for God that unlocks these things. And that unlocks, that unlocks heaven's blessings on you as people. Give thanks. James Allen said this, and I like this. No duty is more urgent than that of returning thanks. Oh, that the people would give thanks. I could sit here for an hour, and if I quoted every time the Bible said, Oh, that the people would give thanks. One hour later, I would still be here saying, Oh, that the people would just give thanks. There's a real key here, people. This is the key. As you, un as you give thanks, which is called the Eucharist, that's the thanks of the people, what happens in heaven, it releases the clarice, which is the blessing. So you give thanks. Oh, that the people would give thanks because the blessing comes from that. We need to return to say thank you. How many out of the ten lepers returned to Jesus to say thank you? Who? One? Where are you? Question. I don't want to ask too many questions of you, but where are you in that ten? I'm, the other day I was at a lunch. Big prepared lunch maybe 100 people there. 
I didn't hear and I was watching not too many people return to say thank you to the host. They just came, they went, they went, done. It's really something that I want it to be in our forefront of our brain because it's easy to pass by. God answers my prayer. Oh, good. I got God's answered prayer in my pocket. I can walk. I'm doing my thing now. It's all good again. Next time I encounter a problem, I'll ask him again, and I know he's going to answer again. But instead of that, I'll say, I should be going, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All the way along as life goes on. Like I said, you know, you're journeying with the Lord for, for your, your life. That's what we do as Christians. We seek God our whole life. What's a Christian? One who seeks God, believes in Jesus, who gives thanks to him. Ten lepers, one returned. There's a story. I love this little story. I'm going to be wrapping it up here really quickly. But there was three rooms that um, a man was up in heaven, and he saw the angels in one of them, and it was extremely busy. And that was the room where the request from the people of the earth came to God for prayers. And then the second room was extremely busy because that was God room where God was answering the prayers and administering the angels to go and make sure that they're being dealt with properly according to his will. And then the third room, there was an angel sitting in there and it was really quiet. And the man says to the angel, what's this room? He goes, this is the room where the people return thanks. And I, and I processed those Thanksgiving notes wasn't very busy. I, I don't think that the, we, got, we can't do that. Just cannot. We need to get this in our brain. Put it in our heart. We need to give thanks to God. Thank you, Father, for that. Now, the promise. Like I said, as Christians, we seek God all our life. And we need to believe in God. Let's see. The, in my last scripture here for you is James 5, verse 16. This is the promise. Because doubt, doubt, I'll say this really loud and clearly, no matter if you're a young Christian or an old Christian, you can doubt whether your prayers are going to be answered or not. And this is not an uncommon thing, so don't feel guilty about that. That's just, that's just life. I don't know if God's going to answer my prayers. People say that all the time. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I've been doing this was wrong. Maybe God's going to hold that against me. Maybe God didn't listen to me. didn't have time. I want you to know that this is the promise to stand on. The earnest, which heartfelt, continuous prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available Dynamic in its working. I've speak, I'll speak firsthand that believe and faith. I've had some situations in my life that were absolutely way above my head and out of my control. Nothing I could do about it. But I was, I was a recipient of the impact of that. And, and so many times, I, God says, watch this. Just watch me deal with these little things that you think are so big. They're not a big issue for me. He took things and, and changed them and, and, and just 
It's all about believing. It's about faith. It's about just saying, I stand on the word of God. I base my whole life on the word of God. I believe in that salvation. That's why I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus came. And I've committed myself to seeking God the rest of my life. And I believe by the word of God that he will honor that. Right there. The earnest prayer is going to release amazing dynamic power. Believing in faith. And if I had a ladder here with five little rungs in it, the first level that you step on is faith. The second, the second rung is, if that ladder is Jesus, and I'm climbing the ladder of Jesus, the first level is faith. The second level is forgiveness. The third step is freedom. Fourth step is faithfulness. And the fifth step is fruitfulness. But if you ever notice if somebody's climbing a ladder, the higher they get, they don't stand on the top rung and go like, hi, I'm here. They bend over and they grab that ladder, two hands, and they hold on because they say, I'm at the top. So as we grow in our faith and in our belief, we need to keep pushing in. We have to push in for this stuff. Because the enemy will want to stop you dead in your tracks. He will not want you to have one bit of this at all. But you say, no, no, I am not putting up with that. I know the word of God. I believe it. I have faith. God said it's impossible to please him without faith. So I'm putting it in there. I'm putting my faith in there. I believe in him. The last thing I wanted to say is that you don't have to be a, a big prayer warrior. You just need to be a prayer participant. There are prayer warriors. I love them. I met many people around, you know, in different places where we minister to, that, man, they pray like unbelievable. Fire comes from heaven in some of their prayers. But, it's the one that's at home going, my children don't like me. I, I feel like my husband hates me. And I'm here in this house making a cup of tea and I feel lonely. Do you still love me, God? Those are the ones. That's the reality of life. It's not always a big service. It's in the intimate times in your closet that you go, you know what? I'm going to go pray in my closet. I'm going to go close my door and I'm going to just have my relationship with the Lord. But the main thing is, is that I'm maybe not going to move mountains, even though the Bible does teach us that if you have faith the grain, size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be gone, and it will be removed. And in James 5.16, you have tremendous power. And then all these scriptures say that God is far above anything you can ask or think in, in, in glory. And our job is to lift him up and to give him praise. But it's all for nothing if you don't participate. That's the choice. Like Martin Luther said, it's nearly impossible to be a Christian without praying. So let's not make it complicated. Talk, not always talk, even let him listen to your heart. All the things we talked about.
I'm really happy to be here with you. I'm really, really happy that you are in the Lord's presence. Because this past week, I've met probably 20, 20 people that have not got a clue about God. Nothing. They don't even know his name. And I just said, there's so much work to do. But you know, you are really privileged because you have been enlightened. You have come to know the Lord. You've come to understand his salvation. It was only a prayer away. When you said, Lord, I believe. Take into your hands, I commit my spirit. That's the essence of life. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds as you live and grow in Christ Jesus. So let's pray. Father, how awesome. You're just amazing how big you are and how great you are. We can talk about anything to you. I can come to you from where I'm at, whether I'm in my closet by myself, struggling with my issues of my own, or whether I'm standing in the presence of the congregation and we're talking about your glory. May your name be praised. All these prayers, Lord, do you hear them? We thank you. Thank you that you've allowed us this this. Um, way of communicating with you, of, of connecting with you, of grounding ourselves with you, because your word promises, Father, that you're never, ever, ever going to leave us nor forsake us. It's impossible. So we give you thanks this day, and we continue to thank you. We thank you for our church. We thank you for each other. We thank you for every single thing that you've ever done in our journey as we live our lives and we recommit our lives to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to seeking you, seeking our God the rest of our life. Well, we love you and we thank you and bless you, Father, through the power of your spirit in his name, the Lord Jesus Christ, the name above all names. Amen.